Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Headcase Podcast. I'm Stephanie, if you don't already know, um, and you're just tuning in. I'm here today with a special guest named Gina Midlow. She's a wife and a mother to a four-year-old boy. She's also a pediatric physical therapist who works in early intervention in Missouri. So she treats children from ages just born to age three in their homes with their families. And she's the founder of an online and online course creator of their best start. So um, hi, Gina. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do and also your company that you started. Yeah. So I, my, well, right now I work part-time for Missouri First Steps, which is this Missouri's like early intervention program, which, you know, every state has, um, but it's just called something a little different. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if a family is experiencing issues, um, you know, with their baby or their young child in any area, therapists come in and we can help the family out in their own home, which is super helpful, Um, especially, you know, when you've got a baby and you don't want to take them places and um, things like that. So it's really nice to be in the family home. Um, and then, you know, we've been, I've been working in that setting for quite a while. And also my sister is a speech therapist in the same setting. And we've gotten the opportunity to work together, like on the same um, cases, like with the same families, which is really cool. Yeah. And, you know, as we've gone through this, together, you know, we see that a lot of the families that we treat have the same issues, um, mm-hmm. you know, like with their newborns or with their young infants. And so uh, her and I kind of decided, you know what, let's, let's take a step back and find a way to educate um, these parents before they're having issues. Because um, there's just so, so much information out there about, you know, infancy and um, there's like false advertisement about all kinds of infant products that is just super confusing to new parents. And that right. affects feeding and development and all that stuff. So that's kind of where the, their best start came from. So we have um, a couple of online courses that's geared towards expecting parents or new moms um, and just guiding them through right now that first six months of life that can be so overwhelming and and challenging. That's incredible. Yeah, I can imagine it's really scary, especially with all the information out there. You're kind of overwhelmed by what you like, how you should parent even. It is. And it's good to have a guide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and when you get advice from everybody, and it's all different, and you don't know who to believe, so that's really confusing. It's just, you know, it's just really hard, because everybody just wants to do the right thing, and you don't know what the right thing is, and, you know, a lot of times there's no black or white answer, but to have somebody who's gone through it before and who this is their specialty kind of guide you is is so critical during that time. Yeah, and you can kind of uh, fit a plan to each person, and so it's not exactly. a one size fits all. 
Right. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We definitely see that. Yeah. That's amazing. So I noticed um, when you originally reached out to me, you just, you talked a little bit about how you yourself suffered a lot of these symptoms that new moms get, uh, postpartum depression, things like that. So can you tell me a little bit about that and like how that even started for you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I've been working as a pediatric physical therapist for several years before I got pregnant and had a baby. And so I, you know, treated a lot of babies and worked with a lot of new moms. Um, but it is so true that you don't know, you just don't know what parenting is like until you're thrown into it. And, um, so I got pregnant and everything was great. I had a very easy pregnancy. Um, and then I, um, went into early labor. So my son was born at 32 weeks. Um, so that was a surprise. And then he had to spend some time in the NICU for like five weeks. And he was otherwise generally healthy. Like there was no like major concerns, you know, it wasn't like he needed surgery or anything like that. Um, you know, after a few days he was breathing pretty well with just oxygen and he didn't need a vent. So there was a lot of medical things that we were able to avoid, um, you know, thankfully, but being in the NICU was super hard and I didn't realize how hard it would be. Um, but you're kind of just thrown in to like the fight or flight mode. You just like have to survive because your life was something one day and then the next day it's something completely different and you have no idea how to handle it. And you have no idea even what your emotions mean about it. So having to see him in the NICU and then having to like go home without him for five weeks was oh my gosh, so hard. its own struggle. Yeah. So that was crazy. Yeah. And then when I finally, you know, and then that whole time you're there, you're like, gosh, all I want to do is go home. All I want to do is bring my baby home. All I want to do is bring my baby home. And then I brought my baby home and that's when things like really fell apart because now I didn't have the support from you. It was just me and I had to be up all night with him. And, um, you know, since he was a preemie, he couldn't breastfeed yet. And so I was just pumping like around the clock, um, no break. And so that's when I was really interesting because looking back, like I didn't know how bad of a state I was in, how bad of an emotional state yeah. I was in, which is interesting because like I consider myself pretty educated. I was around a lot of parents, you know, new parents who had babies in the NICU and, you know, reported some postpartum depression. I knew what it was. I knew it was a possibility, but when you're in it, you don't see it in yourself at all. Yeah. And you also don't really crazy. think it could happen to you especially if you're working in that field, you feel like you, you know, all the things that you can help to help you avoid this happening, but you just don't ever think it'll happen to you until it does. 
Right. And then the focus is so much on babies. I mean, especially when you've got one in the NICU, you know, everyone's coming in, everyone's talking about babies, but not one person in the NICU screened me, talked, asked how I was doing nothing. There was nothing. Um, and then when I got home, you know, I just fell apart. I couldn't even, um, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was getting sick every day and having panic attacks. And then it was getting to the point where I would, my body was just shutting down and I couldn't even take care of my son, which was, it felt felt like my body was frozen. I've never experienced anything like it before, but like, you know, I couldn't even change his diaper and that sounds crazy, but like I just, you physically can't do it. And so luckily my wonderful husband and my mom who lives close by was checking on me and, and my mom and my husband one night was like, yeah, this is, you know, we need to call your doctor. So we called my doctor and we, you know, got on some medication, but honestly, that didn't even help because it was like, here's some medication. It'll work in six to eight weeks. Well, it's like, well, (laughs) how about something for right now? (laughs) So um, my sister, who the one I talked about earlier, who also, you know, treats infants and is a specialist in this area. And she had five kids. So she's gone through all this before, but she never, experienced the depression part of it or anything, but she was working with me and my son on some feeding issues because he couldn't breastfeed. And it turned out he had like a, a tongue tie. So he needed to go see a specialist. Well, oh, wow. I mean, it was, just, it was just the luckiest thing because the specialist um, was the first person who screened me. So I go in there and I'm like registering him you know, for the tongue tie release so he can breastfeed. But luckily, you know, she also, this doctor also kind of specializes in postpartum depression and things like that. Cause she took one look at me and was like, you're not functioning. And I was like, no, I mean, I could barely even talk. Luckily my sister was in there yeah. with me and my sister was like, no, she's not functioning. She's not even like here right now. And the doctor yeah. was like, okay, you need, you need progesterone injections like today. I'm like, what is that? You know, I was like, I, I couldn't make the decision, but my sister was like, yeah, let's do it. So she gave me progesterone injections and literally the next morning I woke up and like I was 50% back. I was like clear headed wow. enough to like call my mom and have a conversation. And then so she had me on two weeks of these progesterone injections to help with my hormones. And two weeks later, I was myself again. I mean, still stressed and tired and whatever, but it was like the normal new mom experience, not the feel like you're dying experience. So that was crazy. That was crazy and changed, just changed the whole situation. But, you know, it's just such a shame because I don't know what would have happened had I not gone through that doctor, you know? Yeah. And cause it's hormone levels are hard to, yeah, no, go on. You know, and it could, 
Right. And I was just going to say, it's considered kind of like an alternative treatment. Like it's not necessarily, you know, backed by like a ton of research. But if you look at these stories of moms who actually have progesterone injections and like the impact that's made on their lives, it's so clear cut, but not every doctor will suggest it. Right. So I didn't even know it was an option, you know. I feel like your hormones, women have it so hard. (laughs) The hormone levels that we go through throughout our lives are crazy. And we really, it's hard to understand what's going on with our own bodies. If it's just, if everything is, People assume it's hormones, and if it's not hormones, is it your vitamin levels? Is it this? Right. And is, is it your gut? Something? Yeah. Yes. Like your gut health. Exactly. But yes. yeah, I mean, for those who don't, for those who don't know what progesterone is, it's it's a female sex hormone, and women need it, <laughs> and it's yes. basically involved in like pregnancy and the menstrual cycle yes. and. And what I didn't know and what I learned after that is when you your um, placenta is packed full of progesterone. So when you have a baby, you go from like tons of progesterone, then you deliver the placenta and you have like no progesterone. And so your numbers just plummet in like seconds. And so what the progesterone injection did was like slowly bring my levels back up um to a normal level which makes so much sense when you explain it to somebody and it's like why why aren't we all treated this way (laughs) you know seriously it doesn't seem like it's something that's checked often enough especially for moms and it should be something that as soon as you have a baby like your doctor is like okay let's check your your hormone levels and make sure everything is is on track because you get complete, not only does it physically affect your body, but you also get these mental changes, mood swings and all of that too. So I can't imagine how scary that was just to not understand what was going on. And then at the same time, it's like the moment where you're just having this new baby that you just made in your life and you can't even really focus on it. Absolutely. You couldn't. And, you know, it's just ironic because like, you know, I teach how to navigate those first six months. And, you know, I, as a professional can answer a lot of questions about, you know, feeding, infant feeding, infant sleeping, all their motor skills, but I couldn't do any of that because... I couldn't take care of myself. So now, like, when I go in and see a family, one of my very first questions is, what, how are you? You know, how are the parents? Do you have support? Have you been screened for postpartum depression anxiety? And so many people haven't. And they find out that, like, yeah, they need some help because mom or dad is not going to be able to listen to my suggestions or follow through with anything that I suggest about their infant's development if they aren't in the right state of mind. It's just not possible. And I know that now. Absolutely. So Yeah, and it 
And it's really like, I think a lot of parents after they have a baby are afraid also to speak out if something's wrong because they want, they don't want to be judged as being like ungrateful for having this child or something. But oh my gosh, it really is like, yeah, it really is the best thing you can do for your own child is to take care of yourself first because then you're not giving them their best shot or you know their their best start like your company's name right absolutely it's so true and you know we hear that all the time take care of yourself take care of yourself but I think so many of us don't know how we were never really taught how to take care of ourselves and I you know my son is four now and four years later I'm still in therapy and working on myself trying to process everything that happened um because you know growing up I never I never knew how to process my emotions before I it's just a whole kind of different mindset and world that was opened up to me um just experiencing that and which is also really cool um yeah you definitely learn by experience you do. And now I can teach my son, like, now he knows all his emotions and he's four years old. And I'm like, I'm still learning my emotions and I'm 31. So we're learning <laughs> together. Intelligent. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's really important. It's really important to be able to teach kids that, but also recognize that in yourself. But if you have, it's, but it's not even your fault even if you teach your kids this, if they don't experience depression or anxiety, just on a level of just without being situational, but literally due to circumstances like what you went through or trauma or whatever it is, you don't really know what you're dealing with until Mm -hmm. it hits you. So you could be prepared, but you're never really prepared. Exactly. It's exactly. It's something that you can never truly prepare for. Sort of like parenthood. <laughs> you can think you're yeah. prepared, but you just have to do it and experience exactly. it. And so, you know, the best advice I can tell people is just you got to educate yourself prior to it and find as much support as you can because you don't know what you're going to need until you need it. And it's good Absolutely. to have sort of like a plan in place like okay well if I run into these issues these are the people that I could call um you know I I mean I've talked to a lot of parents or even some of my friends that are like no I want to do it my way you know I want to do it my way and I'm like listen (laughs) sometimes you want to do it your way but that's that's hard and you're going to need help so just be open to it and it's okay yeah that's you know we were just be open and, you know, then like looking, doing some research on like different, how different cultures parent or like even, you know, how we used to parent as a culture, as a society, like humans were made to, to do this in groups. And now we're so mm-hmm. individualized. We're in our own houses. We live far away from our parents, you know, let alone living through a pandemic, but like we were made to like have all the moms and the grandmas and the aunts and the sisters like help us take care of our baby and ourselves. And we That's don't have so to any of that anymore. So it's like a shock to the to the human body physically and emotionally because we just 
just our culture just doesn't have that type of support anymore. Yeah, that's such a good point. You really see, especially in other cultures, not just in the U.S., mostly not in the U.S. anymore, but in other cultures, especially, it's like customary that, you know, the mom and the grandmother and everyone helps out raising the baby together, even, but definitely, like, I'm just thinking about my own mother and and mm-hmm. aunt and how they were raised by my grandma and her sisters basically all together. Yeah. So it's it's oh, really interesting. That's so true. And the USA now has this whole, I mean, it's great that women are independent, but it is definitely right. okay to lean on other women for support. Right. Yeah. We're just made like we, I don't know. I, I'm sure it is social media or just some stuff out there that just makes it seem like, okay, well, you have to cook dinner. You have to clean your house. You have to breastfeed. You have to take a shower. Have a you full have time job. <laughs> yeah, you have to have a full time job. Like yeah. put makeup on fulfilled. and also. Ah. Yeah. Oh, and that also is look going amazing. out. <laughs> right, and also oh, and then yeah. you have to work out because you have to get right. your body back. Yikes! Right. So much pressure. That's unbelievable amount of pressure that I think subconsciously we all have and you have to like really break through that and just be like remember you just had a baby (laughs) that's huge give yourself a break it's a huge undertaking (laughs) you just grew a human life and (laughs) you're allowed to take time for yourself more than just a week or a month or a year even right so I know right and yeah again there's no time limit on it I feel like everybody's different you know everybody's situation is different some people do do you know want to go back to work after three months and feel great about it and others don't want to and I think that we just need to be understanding that that's different for every person right absolutely um, so I noticed in when we spoke before that you uh, you said you had relapsed this year, and I yeah. was going to ask you about if you've suffered from any like post traumatic stress from that whole yeah. incident because that's a big part of yeah. having yeah. a traumatic incident happen to you. Yeah. So at the time, like I said, I got the po- the progesterone injections and then I did go and I got a little bit of therapy, but honestly, at that point I didn't continue with it. And I was just on like, re- like regular um, antidepressant um, medication. And um, then my, my son, because of my son was um, born early and he also had um, a spinal cord injury the first three years of his life was all therapy and surgery, he right. had spinal surgery and he had, was delayed in every area and he was intense. Wow. He was an intense kid. Um, so my whole first three years was just taking care of him. Um, yeah. And then, so like I said, he just turned four and just this past year, like, he has caught up. He's um, emotionally more stable. He's thriving in preschool. Um, medically, he's healthy and safe now. And, you know, you'd think that I'd be like, yay, 
be great. I'm wonderful because my son is wonderful. As soon as right. that happened, as soon as I started to like realize that he was doing really well, my body just crashed. So I experienced yeah. a lot of the same things again. I had insomnia. I was getting sick every day. I lost like 20 pounds for no reason. Wow. I night, um, panic attacks again. And it's like randomly would have a panic attack. Um, and yeah, mostly I was getting physically ill. And then so I was like, okay, some, something's wrong with me. And it's interesting because even though I went through it before, I was still kind of like in denial about it. Like how could, how could I be going through depression again? You know, I already went through this, but yeah. luckily I, I saw a functional medicine doctor in, in St. Louis here who, oh, she was a godsend. And she, again, took one look at me and was like, I think that, you know, you did experience some postpartum depression, anxiety, but I think your diagnosis was wrong. And I think you have PTSD. And I was like, yeah. Oh. And so she then referred me to a therapist who does, it's called somatic experiencing therapy. Have you ever heard of it? Okay. I've it's heard of it before. Yeah. It's a, it's a counselor um, or, a, you know, like a, a mental health professional, but the way they go about things is a little bit different. It's um, basically um, the thought is that any experience that you have traumatic or not lives in your body. So mm-hmm. um, like every traumatic experience I was ha- having was like being pushed to my gut or like I've had chronic right sided pain. So everything I was experiencing mm-hmm. was being like pushed in my body to the right side and same with migraines and tension headaches and things like that. And when she was talking to me, she was like, you know, not only did you have like a single traumatic event with, you know, the early birth of your baby and just going through postpartum, but you've had um, multiple traumas for the past three years because you've just been in this fight or flight mode. And so your, your body is just constantly on high alert and it's never rested, never come back down from that time. Um, So she's like, that's a type of PTSD too, just experiencing and living that every day. So it, she's been wonderful. I see her weekly and this past year we made so much progress, so much progress. Um, just able to understand like what my body is feeling and what it means when my body feels that way and just how to process all of my emotions um, has helped a lot. So I would That's definitely amazing. recommend yeah, yeah. And I, it might not be the type of therapy for everyone. I know people are kind of like, oh, I don't want to do talk therapy. And that's fine. But for some people, it could really be helpful. Yeah, Even after the fact, like four years later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine just having everything go right in your pregnancy. And then suddenly it's like boom, you have to have your baby early. And then the next four years are just you mm-hmm. constantly having to worry. It's like an under, you, moms already worry all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just like in their mm-hmm. nature, but having mm-hmm. to worry at mm-hmm. a higher level every day mm-hmm. can be so draining that once he is like fine and 
doing well mm-hmm. and okay, doesn't need, mm-hmm. you know, medical attention all the time. You're, I can just see like your body is like, just gives out. It's like your feet yeah. give out from under yeah. you basically. And the way the counselor explained it was like, okay, your brain was like full of all these worries and focusing, like focusing on all these things that you have to do to keep Dean in a good place and to promote his progress. Now he's in a good place and your brain isn't working. Now these other thoughts are like creeping in are like, hey, remember me when when you were traumatized and you didn't process me. Hey, remember me? And so the... I have to deal with that now. And that was really hard. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's like uh, I, the proje- like the progesterone shots helped in the, for like you feeling physically better, but then right, those thoughts and like the ruminating thoughts do creep in oh. once you have pushed them aside for so long. I went through a similar experience after my concussion. I had been fine oh. for about a year and then uh-huh. For some reason, I don't know if it was because I was on medication and then I stopped taking it. It was like I mm-hmm. took the Band-Aid off and then everything kind of, it was like a relapse in the same yeah. way. Yeah. Just yeah. completely not, and I thought I had done the work and all this stuff, but it just wasn't right. enough right. for the right approach, And that's so but, yeah. frustrating. Yeah. It's so frustrating to feel like that too, like... God, I am working so hard. Why am I still feeling this way? Um, yeah. It's hard. But so hard. Therapy sounds, this therapy sounds amazing because I have read a lot about um, energy and how, how yeah. trauma do, does like physically stay in your body and how you doing even energy work can help relieve some of that tension that causes and I, literal physical yeah. pain. Um, and I was, but I think, yeah, go on. I was kind of like, mm, really, <laughs> but I was in such a poor spot that I was like, I will try anything because right. Whatever uh, again, I'm not, I'm not able to function anymore and I have to function for my family. And uh, I just am shocked at the difference. My husband sees the difference. My kid sees the difference. Like my body feels the difference. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, it's definitely, I feel like when you go through something super traumatic, no no matter what it is, it's important to do the work on a level, not just mentally, but physically and try out these different facets of therapy like yeah you never know what's gonna work and it might all sound like complete like like hooey or whatever but it it actually can work so yeah it really can knock it until you try it yeah the uh, there's a good book called the body keeps the score have you heard of it I have heard of this book and multiple (laughs) people have told me to watch to read this I have to read this book yes (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's good. And it kind of is the same theory of like, yeah, anything you experience is kind of stored in your body until you can sort of process it emotionally and work through it and release it, essentially, is like the thought is you have to um, 
complete the cycle. So like, okay, that was really traumatic. Let's go back and work through it slowly and like at your own pace, you know, like in therapy, we didn't just jump into everything that happened, you know, on the first day, like working through this really slowly so that your body doesn't get too stressed. But then as you complete the cycle, sometimes you'll get like an actual emotional release and you'll feel your, your body will just feel lighter. It will feel different. It's, right. it's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, actually, my I think my integrative doctor, who's a similar uh, style to your doctor, is, uh-huh. told me about this book and told me to read it. So I'm definitely going to buy it today. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Amazon. It's pretty cheap. Yeah. So how, how has it been? Um, you know, it's one thing if you were like a single mom going through this, but how has it been? Mm-hmm being married and how has this affected your relationship with your husband? I'm sure it could have been easy throughout this whole thing just because you yeah. haven't experienced any of that before. And I'm not sure if he has, but I can right. imagine it could be he, tough. Yeah. He was, it's really interesting. He's, he's so supportive and amazing. And he is definitely the one that um, has pushed me to get help. Um, right. and you know what, it's, he's amazing because I'll come home with all these things, you know, like we're talking about now and he's like, Oh, that's great. Cool. Let's try it. You know, instead of being like, what are you talking about? That sounds weird. <laughs> right. Um, and so having that support, full support without any judgment at home is just so critical. Um, yeah. To, to me and but it was definitely hard and he he went through trauma too you know I think we ignore the dads a lot but man yeah, he went definitely. through some trauma because not only did he have to take care of a newborn baby a preemie but he had to watch me suffer and right. uh like how do you do and that? try to keep everyone together And work full time, you know, he's got to work full time now. And, you know, the weight of the world is on his shoulders and there's nothing he could do about it um, except call the doctor for me and try to get me help. So, you know, he was, she definitely went through trauma too. And, and again, for a long time, our marriage took a back seat because of Dean's therapy and, yeah. We had to we had to refocus and we had to have really honest conversations about like, look, like we're in fight or flight right now and I know we both are, but we've got to support each other because it's hard to make it through the day sometimes. But um yeah, so and that, that's been, go ahead. Oh no, you finish, finish. So I think we've been through this, this process. I feel like we've been going through together and he's gotten some, some help too. um, Some different kind of help, which works for him, Um, which is cool because what works for him doesn't work for me. And you know, what works for me might not work for him, but together we feel like we can get a little bit of outside help, but then we can come together and talk about it and how, you know, how we can support each other. And that's been really, really nice. That's amazing. That's like relationship goals right there to be able to it's hard. Like open communication. And yeah, that's so important. And 
you know, if this kind of stuff can really make or break a marriage, especially in the beginning, uh-huh. you kind of, you think, you know, someone and you get married and then something traumatic happens and it completely changes things. And then it could either bring you closer together or com- tear you apart. Right. And it sounds like it well, brought you guys closer. And the end. Yeah. I mean, when you're going through it, it doesn't feel like that because you don't have the energy. Right. There's no energy. All my energy was used up during the day and same with him. So at the end of the day, when Dean was in bed, see ya, I'm going to go take a shower and go to bed. Like there was not one second left for our marriage. And so, you know, now that, you know, things have calmed down a little bit in our home and in our own lives, like, yeah, you have to go back and work on that and make it a priority so that you can get through the next hard thing. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be hard times, but it's important that you guys have this like foundation and that you're both on the same page, especially when it comes to therapy and like bettering yourself, because it's hard to be, you know, taking care of yourself or trying to take care of yourself if the other person doesn't believe in the things you're doing. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And we both kind of went through that. But you know, What's interesting is I feel like that was part of our mental health. So like when I was in a really bad spot, I was in more denial about needing help. When he was in a really bad spot, he was for sure in denial about needing help. And until we could like break through each other's walls of like, we both need help. Then you look back and you're like... (laughs) Oh, that wasn't me. That anger wasn't me. It was my depression or anxiety or PTSD. That wasn't me. Exactly. And going, going through it, both of us going through it is in a way kind of nice because we both get it. Like, oh, I I totally get why you were really pissed off for no reason the other day. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, totally. You definitely learn you definitely see yourself through someone else's eyes sometimes you just need that you need someone else to kind of bring you back down and help Mm -hmm. you see that you're not being yourself and you're not you're you're not acting yeah the way you normally do and it's hard to do luckily my one of my best friends um her and her husband went through not a the same situation but similar situation and like needing some some mental health support but being in denial of getting it right and so they had already been kind of through that and so she was a big resource for us to like how do we start what do we say to each other (laughs) you know how do we say it nicely without calling each other crazy or you know making each other even more mad so that was really helpful and you know, if you don't have a husband or, a, you know, a spouse, you got to reach out to your friends or your family that maybe can can support you because you need somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems to me like you'll have a lot of people coming to you now who will need advice. And I think even going through this, as traumatic as it was and everything, it's there's always like a silver lining in these things. You're able to help other people now. You're probably better at your job than you even were before. And oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. It's, it's sort of it's sort of funny. It's, it's how life works that way. And it just yeah. kind of puts you in the right place at the right time. 
but yeah, um, yeah, it's sort of meant to happen that way, you know? Yeah. So that's so amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today and oh, thank you. sharing yeah. your story because I think you're going to help a lot of people, especially listeners who hear about this new moms. I have friends who are new moms and um, friends who are pregnant and all of that. And I think it's important that they keep these things in mind that they're possibilities, but also just for and not to be prepared to scare you that. yeah not to yeah, scare not you to but scare. just like not to scare hey one, but hey it can happen important. or just like just like also nice to like be aware of this stuff in case this happens to your friends because they're Absolutely. not going to know yeah. happening to them so you could be the one that's like hey let's go call your doctor you know what I mean you could be that person for somebody else which yeah um which is like your sister was for you Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, that's amazing. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, thank we'll you. Keep in touch. Great. I definitely want to follow along and see how you're doing. And yeah, see another you know, four years will... from now where I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish you and your baby boy all the love in the world. Thank I really you. am so glad he's doing better. Thank and you. Yes. Good luck to you guys. And thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. It's been great.